who all wrecking gunslingers presenting Ubaldi reports. Hey everybody, this is John at Ubaldi reports. Sorry the lateness on this. We we're just trying some technical difficulties, but this podcast deals with the issues facing America, whether domestically or internationally. And we don't have our full compadres of Ubaldi um, group, but. We've got Joe and we've got Cody, and we're going to discuss issues that are impacting America. And there's a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of questions for Washington because you have the ongoing crisis in the Middle East with Israel and Gaza. You have President Biden meet with President Xi of China yesterday, and then you have the economy. There was a great or good um, economic number that came out on I believe, let's see, Tuesday, which was the inflation report, showed that inflation flatline for October. So basically it, it dropped from 3.7 to 3.3. Is that a good? It's good that it looks like inflation is flatlined, but it's it depends where you look at it. The markets looked at that as a very good sign because that means that they're not going to be raising interest rates anytime soon. And the next meeting is in December, which is the final meeting of the year. And if... It looks like inflation to them is not going up as fast as it did. But if you look at uh, Main Street America or middle class or the poor of America, they're feeling it because there's a couple items that were not in the energy report. Energy was one. I mean, the inflation report. Energy was one. And food prices. Now, we're going into the weekend before Thanksgiving, and everybody's going to spend more on groceries for the holidays so that impacts everybody so said cnn yeah i mean the president everybody said this is it shows our our bidenomics which a lot of even some democrats are wishing he wouldn't keep focusing on but it does so there's a well, that, that old man's got that on the brain i mean he's not gonna, he's not letting it go and even like the people that kind of helped him with it they're kind of like hey uh, mr well, because, president you gotta stop saying you gotta stop talking about because it because when they, the Democrats used it in 81-82 to define Reaganomics as harmful to the, um, the middle class. But then a year later, in 83-84, they stopped using Reaganomics because the economy started to grow. And in 84, it grew 7%. But we're not seeing – I mean, yeah, unemployment went up a little bit for the October job report, but it still shows a trend that – more and more uh, first-time jobless claims are going up, and people companies are starting to tighten. So I just think it's it's premature to signal that we're out of inflation. There was some um, hedge fund and some financial um, managers on Wall Street said they don't believe it's going to get down to the Fed's mark of two percent. But I'm waiting to see what happens eight months from now. Meaning when we go back into the summer driving season. Is gas prices going to go back up? Yeah, energy prices or fuel at the pump is always lower in the winter and substantially goes up in the summer. But will it really go up high and will that send inflation up even higher because of that? With the upcoming election year or an, an upcoming – with an upcoming election, election year, doesn't that kind of – are they kind of gearing up to go out and be like, hey, look what all the good we're doing. We're stopping inflation. We're, you know, we're lowering gas prices. Everything's going back to normal. And they're probably throwing uh, the COVID under the bus with that one saying that's why it's been the way it has, but it it hasn't. The key to this thing is 
It doesn't matter what the Republicans say. It doesn't matter what the Democrats say. And it doesn't matter what Joe Biden says. Does the perception from the American people right now, the American people, by an overwhelming remark, believe the country is going in the wrong direction? They don't feel the economy is getting better. That's why Joe Biden keeps saying, you just don't know it. You just don't know it, but you're doing better. Well, when you go to the like for me. We're worried about, I'm worried about moving to a new area. I got rent. I got to look at rent. Then I'm looking at groceries and I'm looking at insurance. All these things are going up substantially. I got to look at changing my insurance because it's, it's costing me too much for what I, for what I drive and what I'm paying. Mm -hmm. So this is what Americans feel. So it's not what the president says or it's not what any party says. It's how they feel and who do they blame. And right now, so, Joe Biden is substantially underwater when it comes to inflation and the economy, and they give the Republicans a better shot at handling the econ economic issues. So, so when's that AARP discount kick in? When I turn 60. Well, I actually can <laughs> kick in one now. I'm going to be 59 in about a week, week and a half. There you go. Well, that's right. Don't you get, doesn't your retirement kick in then, too? My military retirement kicks in about March. Okay. So that, that will help. Yay. Yay, that will help. I know. It's gonna look but nice. it's all these little things that Americans are looking for. Because right now when I go to the grocery store, and I don't say this in a vacuum, I'm watching, well, is that a want or is that a need? If it's a need, then I can't take it. Mm -hmm. I mean, excuse me. If it's a want, then I don't buy it. And if it's a need, then you, you've got to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. So, And then most Americans, even Kamala Harris, the vice president, said Americans are – Four hundred dollars. They can't. If there's a bill that's four hundred dollars or more, they can't pay it. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of admitting that the economy is not doing that well under Joe Biden. Yeah, but it's not like she can do any better. No, and she's really, um, and much of the Democrats either want to admit or not admit, she's not the most effective politician, and she's also a drag. Because yeah. you go into the presidential election, let's just say it's Joe Biden is still going to be the Democratic candidate for. Um, to, to for go out for re-election, everybody knows he's going to be 81 within a, a week or so. He'll be 82 after he gets elected. So then if anything happens to him, you got Kamala Harris. That's not exactly resounding confidence in the United States. So Recon Texas, real quick. Sorry, Cody. I'm gonna. You can have the floor here for a minute. Recon Texas said that in in. in Inflation is global, and uh, you don't blame companies for price gouging. If he's saying companies are price gouging, there's no evidence to support that. They've had every year, like just like take for the energy companies, every year when it comes to spring, they always blame energy companies for price gouging. There's more than enough government agencies who follow this, track this, investigate this. They've never showed any proof. Of price gouging. So, so and I, I don't think they understand that the r reason why things increase is because of inflation, because there's more money than our goods and services. Correct. So if you don't change or don't adjust the rate of goods and services, that means you're going to run out of them and then we're going to have nothing. Exactly. So well, what, what, what do you want? Do you want nothing or do you want to maybe pay a couple extra cents or even a buck or two more for something and still have it around. Well, even Larry Summers, who was the Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton, said, be careful because we're, he says it's going to be a long time before we get to that mark of 2% that the Fed, Fed wants to reach. And we still haven't spent 
a lot of the money from the Inflation Reduction Act, the infrastructure bill. So we're spending too much. And then when you have interest on the debt because their interest rates went up, we're now spending about $800 billion to finance our debt. That also impacts inflation. And both sides need to get a handle on spending. The Republicans want to cut domestic. Democrats want to cut the military. And nobody wants to reform our spending. But the biggest thing, 800-pound gorilla in the room, is nobody wants to reform the mandatory um, spending of Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And until you address 60% of the budget, you're never going to get spending under control. So, Cody. so going back to the election, um, do you think that we'll continue to see um, Biden, especially as the election starts to come up, him releasing um, oil from the petroleum reserve at an unsafe rate that threatens our international security? It all depends whoa, whoa, where... Wait, hold on. I want to... Yeah, how is Biden... I'm trying to grasp, grasp the concept of how is Biden... How is it unsafe to release all these oil reserves to... Because the... Because... The, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve okay. came out of the oil shock of the 70s. We Got wanted it. to have a reserve in case something like that, but it was mainly result for an economic impact to the country or a conflict. It wasn't meant to release it because of failed um, policies by any uh, political party. Now, going back to your question, it all depends where we're at. If, now, gases or energy prices, or at least at the pump, are at least right around the corner from where I live, is $299. And I know in California, and that's their own set of problems out there. It depends. Now, going into the summer, if we see what happened this past summer where it spiked, he may want to tap into that because that's going to hurt him politically. So everything you see going forward between now and November, I think it's November 7th, everything has to be looked in the guise of how this impacts the election. And we'll just have to see how that goes. All right. So pretty much the name of the, the name of the show today is you know the un, the Washington the questions not asked from Washington D.C. Yeah, and there's other issues that came up. We talked about the inflation report. There's still the ongoing conflict in the Middle East. It looks like it's still contained to Gaza and um, Israel, and you have some attacks by Hezbollah in northern Israel. I'm not sure if they're going to get fully involved. Recent reports came out that even the Iranians didn't know that Hamas was going to do what it did on October the 7th, but Iran still funds a lot of the terror activities, and you're seeing there was Americans' bases across the Middle East were attacked 50 times, and we only responded two or three times. So you've got that issue, and then just yesterday, President um, uh, Biden met with President Xi at the, a the Asian Pacific Economic Council um, event in San Francisco. And one of the, uh, Joel Kotkin, who writes for New Geography, commented on that, and he said the winner was President Xi. And the reason he said he won is if you looked at Joe Biden, and the world's looking at this, He's not in the same caliber as a Ronald Reagan or a Winston Churchill or some of the great international you know, political leaders of international fame or a Harry Truman or even a John Kennedy. He just looks old. He's walking around like my 92-year-old father with that, that shuffle step, like he's trying to move fast, but his mm -hmm. body's not moving. Mm -hmm. He just looks feeble. He looks like 
he's lost. He doesn't. He's not sure of himself. And then he gave up a lot of things to allow China. He's basically acquiescing the alternative energy for the electric vehicles to China. So we're going to allow China to dictate a lot of um, America's energy needs. And so, one of the, but you're talking about the same president that said we're going to cancel the pipeline, but we're, there's going to be plenty of green jobs for these correct. people to have. But, but it, no, he just gave all the green jobs to China, right? Now here, yeah, and here's the other thing that's telling. President Xi didn't go to the luncheon or dinner with the APEC leaders. He went to, a cha I think it was a Chamber of Commerce meeting with all the business CEOs, and the CEOs stood up and clapped and cheered President Xi. But basically, they're almost doing a disservice to their own company. China has been stealing America intellectual property for decades. Yes, but it, also China's been producing a lot of the products that they have on a very low rate. So why wouldn't you applaud the man exactly, that but, is saving you a lot of money when it comes to overhead? But see, but, what, but here's the problem. William Barr, when he was the second, excuse me, he was the attorney general for Donald Trump in 2000, in the summer of 2020, spoke out. He goes, all these CEOs, all they're doing is benefiting their company short term, and they're going to pay long term. But they're going to be out of, they're not going to be CEO anymore, but they're going to be handsomely, I mean, be rewarded very wealthy. They retire some island somewhere. But this is going to impact America. We acquiesce too much of our manufacturing over to China. And Joe Biden's been part of that. He says he's been trying to bring this back. But you were the one who voted for all these issues. You voted for making China the most favored nation. You gave them every benefit. And you haven't stood up to China with its egregious nature on his economic issues. Yeah, but when it comes to like the intellectual property that you're saying that China is stealing... I mean, they're doing a really crappy job of reproducing it because if you looked at anything, if you looked at like say like Wish, Timu, Alibaba, all that crap. But the it, thing, and that, but that's just what it is. It's crap. But the you thing know, is, they're they're, not, I don't think they're producing anything that's really worth it. But well, the thing is, but they're still they're still taking that stuff and they're utilizing it not just for civilian purposes. They're utilizing it for their military purposes. Mm -hmm. So they, they were doing kind of what Japan did in the early 1990s, but Japan was still an ally of the United States. Now, China is an adversary. Now, President Biden said they're a strategic competitor. They're not a strategic competitor. They're an enemy of the United States. They're trying to upend the Bretton Woods Agreement, which was an agreement signed by the United States and the, all the major powers and countries of the world to liberalize free trade. China wants to dominate the world on everything. So everything goes through China, much like the mercantile system of Great Britain and a lot of the colonial powers. They go into a country, take the resources, take it back, and then send the, re the, the finished goods back to that country. So they're doing a disservice. And China is not, and they're, look at right now. We're trying to fund a war in Ukraine and help Israel, and China is helping uh, Russia and their supporting Hamas, Iran, and other nefarious actors. So why invite them to San Francisco? That's part of the APEC because they're, they're an Asian power. Mm -hmm. But then the one thing that, and I just I didn't even think about it till now, is Joe Biden didn't even challenge President Xi as far as we know mm -hmm. or any time since he became president. Remember what he said, that he would send a team into Wuhan, China to find out the origins 
of the coronavirus. We have the FBI, um, other intelligence agencies, and the Department of Energy who has responsibility for all our, our laboratories across the country. We don't even know the origins. They're saying that there's a plausible belief that it came from a lab leak, not from um, a wet market like we originally been told. Yeah. Why hasn't President – and remember, the coronavirus killed a million Americans and shut down our economy. So why haven't we challenged uh, China? Why haven't we gone to the international community and said, why can't we investigate what was the origin? And we still don't know. I mean, one of the plausible reasons, if you look at Dr. Fauci, he was the one that controlled – all um, research grants to universities and to individuals. And remember that early on in the pandemic, there were a couple scientists said there plausibly could come from a lab leak. He met with these scientists and they flipped their switch. Now they say, well, that it probably all came from a market. Did he say to them, like Eisenhower warned about, worrying about that if you don't do the bidding that we want, you don't get your that money, that federal money? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing evidence from emails and other um, signs that he was involved in funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So all these things, I mean, he's just not challenging China. And he's not, and we just looks weak on the international scene. I know Ray's big about not funding um, Ukraine. A lot of people have questions about that. But we're going into almost two years What's our strategy with Ukraine? Are we just going to keep giving them money? What's the strategy? What are what are our goals? But your views are probably a little bit different than what Ray does. But, I mean, I'm kind of like on the fence on both of them where I think, yes, it is probably valid to have it. And if um, Ukraine is succeeding in the war, then I say it's money well spent. But then there's another side of me thinking that it's just a big, bigger, op- bigger opportunity to launder money and cycling it back into the politician's pocket. Well, that's that's all that's happening. I mean, we saw um, with the whole FTX scandal that that was a way for money to get laundered through. Um, it was partially getting laundered through Ukraine. Um, and I mean, I'd like to know how Zelensky is affording all these multi-million dollar mansions all across the United States. Now, I've, I've, I haven't heard that. I'm not going to dispute that. But I think the problem is... I agree with the president funding Ukraine. I think the problem is now we can't go back in time. Had President Biden been much tougher on Putin, we may not have been there. If it wasn't he canceling Keystone, he didn't. If he wasn't him removing the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, bringing energy around Ukraine to Germany. If it wasn't for the debacle in Afghanistan and Russia within weeks was massing troops on the border. If it wasn't in the summer of 2021 where he hacked the American energy infrastructure and we just said, don't do this, just don't hack X, Y, Z. Would you maybe consider or think about maybe the reason that all these things are popping off, these wars are popping off is because it's just another way to draw money out of the American's pocket and fund something that we're not 100% agreeing agreeing no, on. No, I just I, I it just looks like a more of like it's like a money pull in order to support these wars, but they're like, "Hey, we can't have war unless we have money." So guess what America No, you know? I don't think it's that. I just think it's 
the the um, the foreign policy that Joe Biden is pushing or articulating is the foreign policy that Barack Obama articulated for his eight years. One of the examples is Iran. Look what happened with Israel and Hamas. Hamas goes into Israel on October 7th, kills 1,500 people, kills 32 Americans, kept, takes Americans hostages among everybody else. Obama came into office to re-alter American foreign policy. He believed a lot of the problems around the world was it because of America. In the Middle East, he upended American strategy by saying, we can negotiate, we can deal with Iran. There are reformers in the Iranian government, and there are no reformers. Like when he did the um, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action in 2015, the Iran nuclear deal, he signed it, but all it did is push Iran 10 years down the road to, on their enrichment, but he didn't do anything about their regional activities, nor did he do anything on ballistic missiles. So Trump comes in, and remember, look at the... Um, I mean, people just need to look at the evidence. Forget what you think of Donald Trump. Forget what you think of everybody else. Remember what the media was saying. Donald Trump will get us into a war. Donald Trump is irrational. He'll get us into war. But he didn't. He took out ISIS. He killed al-Baghdadi. He killed Qasem Soleimani, which was a Iran huffed and puffed, but didn't get us into war. Even Joe Biden said that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. It didn't start a war. And they couldn't replace Suleimani because they didn't have anybody of his stature to replace him. He put crippling sanctions on Iran. He cratered the energy market so Iran couldn't sell anything. And by doing that, they couldn't give money and revenue to their proxy forces in Hezbollah and Lebanon or um, Hamas in Gaza. Now, with Russia, everybody goes, oh, he's buddy, buddy. I saw something on TikTok as I was just sitting here waiting for the TikTok thing to start. Everybody goes, oh, Trump is a tool of Russia. Yeah, he says things openly, but if you read his books, Art of the Deal, he praises people in open, but what he does behind the scenes. And one of the biggest things he shocked to Putin, he killed 250 Russian soldiers or um, Russian mercenaries, part of the Wagner group, mm -hmm. in Syria. Because there was a Russians attacked American special forces base in Syria General Mattis called over to the, his Russian counter, are you doing this? And he goes, no. He calls the president, I want to do this. And they, they used B-52s, Predator drones, cruise missiles, and they tore up these Russians, killed 250, and Putin didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, but, and if you notice, Russia went into Georgia under George H. I mean, George W. Bush in 2008. Russia went into Crimea in 2014. And remember the infamous red line by President Obama, if you do this, a movement of chemical weapons will do this. He didn't. They blinked. He allowed Russia back into the Middle East. And this is what we got. And Biden is following the same playbook because all the people who work for Obama are now working for Joe Biden, including Pre President Biden, who was vice president under Joe Biden. So... I just think we got a president who overplayed and the media never challenged him on his foreign policy acumen. You're talking about the current one? The current president. Remember well, I don't Robert, think I don't think he's in charge. Well, that's that's a plausible statement because I mean, because if 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 Obama if Obama's administration did so poorly with the the foreign policy and now the same people that were working for 
Obama are now working for Biden, guess what? It's not Biden that's in charge. It's whoever the who's running, uh, who's ever the, the previous successors. Well, but here's the point, though. When you say that it's not Biden running the show, there was a biographer who spent many hours with President Obama after he left office. And it's ironic that President Obama never left Washington. He's the first president after his presidency, never left Washington since Woodrow Wilson. And Woodrow Wilson was ill because of a stroke he had. So he couldn't medically leave Washington. Obama has a big house. And this biographer said all these Biden officials routinely go to that house for advice and talking to him. And how many times has President Biden in a press conference said, oh, I can't answer all these questions because they'll get mad at me. Who is they? Who, and he's not said this just once. He said this numerous times. Yeah. So who's running the show? Well, then it's clearly Obama 2.0. And but see, but look at the mistakes. I know a lot of people give Obama credit for a lot of things, but look at Obama's foreign policy. Like I mentioned, you have Russia going to Crimea. There's been a disaster in the Middle East. He allowed the Muslim Brotherhood to take over after the the. Um, the overthrow of Hosni Mubarak. He was slow to react to the um, Arabic Spring. He remember he called ISIS the JV team, and he took over. It took Trump to get in to change things. Trump has been much tougher on China than Joe Biden has ever had. Remember the spy balloon that flew across the country, and Biden didn't do anything until it traversed all the way across America before he shot it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just. This is a president who's been wrong on everything on foreign policy, but now look at economics. How many Americans are, I mean, think about this. There was an adage Reagan used against Jimmy Carter in a debate. Are you better off now than were you four years ago? So let's use the same thing. Are you better off now than when you were four years ago? When I, I can't talk about the matter. I mean, because, I mean, technically, I am. But, well, okay. I, think, but I think it's just. But let's double down on that. Remember I asked you in a previous podcast, you bought a truck in 2020. Yeah. Could you buy that same truck today? No. <laughs> okay, so because of interest yeah. rates are too high. Yeah. How many people are better off now than they were to, uh, four years ago? I mean, yeah, then yes. If I was like, if I kind of, if you're in comparison, then if yes. You had I, to could, do I couldn't the be able to afford this house. I wouldn't exactly. be able to. Exactly. So I got friends of mine who wanted to get a house their first time to buy a house. It's 8%. They can't buy a house. Mm -hmm. Look at student loans. I know Joe Biden wants to forgive student loan debt, but he's the one that caused it by nationalizing it when he was under Joe, um, excuse me, under Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to save $200 billion. It's cost us over a trillion. Yeah. Yeah. All it's done is increase the price of college. It just increased the cost of college. And if you look at the administrative state starting in 2010 after the passage of that bill, it skyrocketed about 400%. So who is better off? Like with inflation being flatlined, yeah, it helps Wall Street. It helps all the, the hedge fund managers and all the wealthy, but it doesn't help middle-class Americans, doesn't help the poor. What has he done to make everybody's lives better? Look at crime. crime. Look at the border. Nobody in the right mind can say the border um, is better now under Joe Biden when we had just this past uh, last month. Over 40,000 known Godaways are in the country. We had 8 million, if you count the known Godaways, in this country.
We had 179 individuals on the terror watch list in fiscal 2023. That's the most we've had in eight years combined. Trump only had 10 Mm -hmm. in four years. And uh, Biden doesn't like to talk about it, but when did fentanyl become a huge issue in this country? Yeah, he's barely, I mean, he was with China saying we're going to stop it, but China's reneged on every, every agreement they've ever signed on to. So hold on. There was a user with a lot of numbers behind it, and I'm not going to go into that, but he says more people caught crossing the border now than with Trump. No, he's just reaffirming what we said. There's more people being. I mean, but, but is he just saying, is he just, or is he saying that? The Biden administration is more is responsible for catching more people trying to cross the border than Trump was when he was president. But I mean, that, more how, do you, how people, are you looking at that? Well, you can look at it two different ways. More people are being apprehended, but also because there's more, more people are coming streaming over. across the yeah. border. So that's just a matter of time. Yeah, numbers. But if you States look at are... the last year President Obama, uh, Trump was in office, I think it was four hundred fifty thousand illegals crossed the U.S. southern border. They get four hundred fifty thousand in two months. Mm-hmm or basically a month and a half. For the first year in 2021, there was 1.7 million. And the next year, it was like 2 point something million. We're almost up to 3 million in one year. Mm-hmm. So how is it getting? And the only reason it became a big issue when Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis decided to send the illegals to the northern cities of the sanctuary cities and states. Yeah, I mean... The states are trying to control this, but the federal government is doing everything they can to stop the states from imposing the border. Exactly. And president is, with a whim, allows um, Venezuelans to stay in. So what's the incentive? And we have all these people from all over the world know that we have such a porous border. Yeah. All right, John, how can you go ahead and get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And um, we're going to do this next Thursday, and that's the last time we'll do it on Thursday because it's Thanksgiving. And um, then the following week after that, we'll go back to our Wednesday time slot. We're going to try to do this. We would like to do this every every day because there's so much to talk about, especially as we go deep into this election. But before we sign off, I want to turn everything over to Joe to talk about all American gunslingers and the things that what he's involved in and what he and Cody are trying to do up here in Newport Ritchie, uh, Florida. Yep. So we're opening up a store coming soon. Should be in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're getting, we're getting ready to get settled in there. Um, Look out for the website. It's going to be allamericangunslingers.com. Look out for our social media. It's going to be on all things, all American gunslingers. And, you know, we're going to keep you up to date as it goes on. And then once we get into the shop, we're going to start getting some daily uh, social media posts on the progress as we're getting built up to our grand opening. So just keep tuned for that. It's going to be a great journey. Uh, you get a bunch of guys that love the Second Amendment and love guns. So it's going to be definitely an interesting um, business venture. Yeah, so keep following Ubaldi Reports. Keep following all American gunslingers when they get established. But keep following Ubaldi Reports because we want to talk about these issues that impact Americans. I thank everybody for commenting. I don't expect everybody to agree with everything we're saying. That's not the purpose. I just want to put the information out 
and lets you do with what you want at. This is what America is about, and this is what Joe and myself and other Americans fought and and for, sad to say, the friends that I know have died to give us the freedom to do those things. So keep following us. And remember, next Thursday on Thanksgiving, we'll be doing the podcast. So till then, keep following Ubaldi Reports and all American gunslingers.